The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Corey. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Going to preview tonight's game, Denver and New York. What does, well, the Broncos got to do to get off the winless schneid that we've been talking about all week long Thursday night, so it's a short week. How will that factor into things? And Brett Rippon gets the start. Is this a good deal? Bad deal for Denver, the best option available. We will discuss that with multiple guests, and we're going to start with Zach Seegers here in just a second. But first, of course, want to tell you about one of the, uh, well, different ways that you can listen to this podcast. You could take the podcast on the go, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHaySports.com. You can, of course, tweet the show and the podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Our friends over there at DraftKings, of course, do a terrific job, and I know many, many of you will be putting a little bit of skin in on the game this weekend and I tell you what when it comes to this weekend and tonight particularly with the Broncos you can live tweet with us at Mile High Sports at Ronnie K Radio and if you ever have a Broncos question or um, just a thought rant whatever may be the case you can email those as well to Ronnie K at milehighsports.com all right let's bring in Mr. Zach Seegers you can find his writing, of course, at milehighsports.com and, of course, on Twitter. Zach Seegers joining us on the program. You usually hear from him on the podcast weekly. Uh, Zach, let's start with the keys to the game on offense for Denver to pick up a win against New York. Uh, what do they got to do on offense to uh, bring home W? You know, I think it starts with the running game. Uh, without Drew Locke in the lineup, they need to rely on their running backs, and they've got nothing out of them. You know, when in that Steelers game, when Drew Locke was in the lineup, Melvin Gordon got off to a great start. Moment Locke gets injured, Driscoll comes in. Uh, the Steelers loaded up to defend the run, and and Melvin Gordon ended up finishing that game with like three yards per carry after uh, on his first five carries, averaging like nine yards per carry. Uh, so you just can't have that drop in production. And then we saw a carry over against the bucks where he had about three yards per carry again. Uh, that's just you can't support an undrafted free agent quarterback like Brett Rippon um, with three yards per carry on the ground that will kill this offense again. Um, and, and so I just think you've got to get some more out of Melvin Gordon. Uh, and really the offensive line, I don't think it's all on Melvin Gordon. I think a lot of it, if not most of it, is the offensive line. Um, so, so they've got to be better in opening up running lanes for him. And, and so that's uh, my biggest key, I think. What has Brett Rippon got to do to oh, be considered acceptable acceptable for tonight? Do exactly what he did against the Bucks. Do exactly like he, you know, he had the interception. That was his only incompletion. Right, he looked great. You could visibly see him going through his progressions and his reads. He frankly looked more comfortable and confident than Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, um, and that interception, like, yes, it's it, he shouldn't have thrown that ball, but it was also a great play by the Tampa Bay secondary to come away with that interception. Most of the time, that's just an incompletion. Sure, um, and the drive stays alive. 
if he does that for you for an entire game, what he did on that one drive, if he extrapolates it over an entire game, um, you're thrilled with that. Because I think in that scenario, this Broncos offense puts up at least 20 points because I get it. Brett Rippon, like I just mentioned earlier, undrafted free agent quarterback, um, nothing's going to wow you physically about him. But uh, I think based on if he plays like he did on that one drive with the surrounding skill talent that still exists with Melvin Gordon, with Jerry Judy, with KJ Hamler, who's looked good, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, um, you know, this offense should still be able to put up at least 20. Uh, and I think you you would be absolutely thrilled with that. All right, let's shift to the defense because, of course, trying to stop the New York Jets on offense really, honestly, should not be a problem. This has been a a Jets offense that ranks in very much the bottom of every statistical category that you don't want to rank at the bottom in. Uh, They've had issues moving the ball, and more than anything, they've had real issues scoring the football. I believe it's 12 points per game. I mean, it's just dreadful right now in New York. If you are the Denver Broncos defense, is the expectation to say, man, we are the better unit here. Uh, This needs to look like almost a shutout for us to be considering this as a success. You know, I, I wouldn't put it at like it has to be a shutout, you know, because I, I, Jets played the Bills, and I think they still, who, you know, have been a great defense, and I think they put up like 14 points in week one. Um, but yeah, it, it should be a dominant performance by the defense. And honestly, I think the entire team, like, yes, you're injured. Yes, it's a short week. Yes, you're traveling um, west to east, which is notoriously difficult. But you're just the more talented roster on offense and uh, with when the Jets offense and Broncos defense are on the field and when the Broncos offense and Jets defense are on the field, like even despite injuries, you're a much more talented and frankly better coached team. Uh, you, you should be able to dominate. Um, you, you know, I think especially against this Jets team that just signed like Chris Hogan off the street mm-hmm. and we're starting him at wide receiver. I mean, they, <laughs> it, it, it's bad over there on offense. Russell down Lev Bell. Um, so you've got old man Frank Gore there in the backfield. Um, you, you know, maybe they get Brashad Perryman back this game, but you know, Mekhi Becton's questionable. It sounds like he's likely to play. If he doesn't, um, that's when I think you're approaching shutout territory. Cause if they don't have Mekhi Becton, they can't protect Sam Darnold, which is just about the only thing, uh, that offense has going for it right now. The Denver Broncos fan base is getting fed up with the losses, no doubt, Uh, and understandably. This is a Denver team that right now in the month of September, now we have turned the page officially, but in Vic Fangio's career, 0-7. It has been slow starts to -to back-to-back seasons. This is also a Denver team that is seeing a coaching staff mismanage time, uh, timeouts. A lot of people wonder why they're getting beat by death by inches like drops and time management when that's what they praise. If Denver starts 0-4 this year for the second consecutive year, are we starting to talk about the coaching staff and wondering, is Vic Fangio the right guy, particularly if they lose to a Jets team that, A, their coaching staff, well, reported earlier this morning, not officially on the hot seat. Let's be honest. I don't I don't think anybody is long for Adam Gaze to stay in New York. And quite frankly, they're one of the worst teams in the league. You lose tonight. Do we start this discussion? You know, I think, I, I think that's when I'm willing to hear it. Um, and, and I still wouldn't fire Vic Fangio because – at the end of the season, unless things go really bad. But even if they do, I think the reason for the rough start isn't Vic Fangio's coaching, it's injuries. You know, I, I, this coaching staff truly 
um, from top to bottom, is one of the better coaching staffs in the league. Pat Shermer's a good offensive coordinator. You know, he's proven that. He's he's been dealt a really rough hand. Ed Donatel's a, a you know proven defensive mind. Mike Munchak's the best offensive line coach in the league. Their tight end coach is, is well renowned. Uh, coach Z with the wide receivers is one of the league's better wide receiver coaches. Um, you know, the, you've got John Pagano there with the linebackers. He's a great linebackers coach that was a longtime defensive coordinator. It is a really, really good experienced staff from top to bottom. And that's the reason you're seeing all these young draft picks blossom. You know, it's because of the development from this coaching staff. And the reason they're even in these games, I believe, is the coaching staff. The Vance Joseph era was rough, and there's going to be some stink left over on the roster. You know, it, it was a toxic situation there, and it's going to take a while to clean it up. I think Vic Fangio is making this team perform above what they would do otherwise. Um, you know, they had a chance to beat that Steelers team. If Jeff Driscoll makes a good read on fourth down, there, there's a good chance the Broncos beat that Steelers team, um, you know, and same with the Titans. That game was so close. If a couple things go differently, the Broncos win that game. I, I just, I don't know. I think the calls for Vic Fangio's job are ridiculous, but if you lose here to the Jets, yes. Cause like you said, you, you're a more talented team and um, Adam Gase might be the worst coach with the worst coaching staff in the league. Uh, so if you lose to them, then it's like, wow, Maybe we do have a problem here. That's when I couldn't start to see it. But up until now, I think all the calls are ridiculous because when you start cycling head coaches, that's when you mess up young player development. That's when you become a Browns, a Jets, a Bengals, uh, a Cardinals up until recently, these perennially sorry, perennially uh, terrible franchises. Um, and you don't want to do that. So I think you've got to be patient. Give them some time. Zach, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, where can they follow you on Twitter? And I assume you're going to be tweeting as well as writing tonight, uh, recapping this Broncos Jets game, right? Absolutely. You know it. Uh, find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And, yep, got all my writing there at MyLifeSports.com. We'll have a three up, three down uh, right after the game, looking at three players that most improved their stock and three players that really tanked their stock in this one. Uh, and one thing I just want to point out, remember Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers when they went 2-14 and, and then the next year went to the Super Bowl because they were patient. It's just, I think, something worth remembering uh, during this time. All right, very good. Zach, we appreciate the time. Thank you as always. Thanks for having me, Ronnie. Appreciate it. All righty, Zach Seegers, we appreciate his time as always on the program. Of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast, it is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook, and our friends at DraftKings, they've done a terrific job so far this year with what they've been doing with football and, of course, all the different bonuses that you can check out. And here's the deal, of course, with week three, totally in the past, okay? Forget about week, forget about the first three weeks of the Denver season. It's been... It's been a tough one, but it's a new week now starting here tonight and, of course, heading into week four, and there's no better place than to get in on all the action with our friends over there at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week four, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back the can't-miss offer. Here's the deal. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because if you don't want to miss this one, this is an incredible deal. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to turn $1, $1, into $100 when you bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, cash in a cool Benjamin. Who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, seriously, it's an incredible offer. You cannot pass this up. 
Don't worry. Of course, if football isn't for you, giving you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit, easy to withdraw your money. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up for the can't-miss offer. Pick any team during Week 4, bet $1 on them to win $100. If they win, that's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code MHS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older and in Colorado only. Profit ter- uh, profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 so again, uh, obviously a um, tough situation for Denver. They're hurting on injuries, but the show must go on. Thursday night football, Jets coming into town, and uh, let's get the thoughts of Doug Ottawill. Now, of course, managing editor of Mile High Sports Magazine, and I do want to talk about this magazine as well too, Doug. Uh, Doug, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh, so excited for tonight's ball game. Yes, you know, t- the tonight's barn burner. of the NFL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Thursday night football reputation is uh, coming back, I guess, because uh, this this one not as exciting, I think, nationally. But of course, here in Denver, uh, certainly Broncos fans will be glued to the screen looking for that first win. Uh, l- let's get down right to the nitty gritty. Uh, Denver does X and they win the game. What is X? Uh, you know, I I think it, that you have to run the football. I think that's that's number one because it's the one thing that doesn't require, you know, an intricate knowledge from the quarterback of the offense. It doesn't require the offensive line to protect your quarterback. Um, I think if you run the football effectively, you win. Now, granted, I think that's easier said than done in this situation because if I'm the Jets, all I'm doing is daring whoever plays quarterback. I mean, obviously – you know, you're starting with Rippin, but, uh, you know, would it shock me if somebody else comes in? But all you're doing <laughs> is daring that person to beat you. Sure. So I think that if you can run the football, you win the game. If you, uh, you know, if you can't, then I think it's a, it's a crapshoot as to whether or not, you know, a makeshift quarterback situation comes through at all. Let me give you a scenario of the Denver Broncos getting that box stacked, like you mentioned, from the Jets. They can't move the football. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I believe, still up in the air, but not looking like he's going to be able to play. And that run game is not effective. Uh, Denver at the tune of 15 points per game. How do you score more than that with Brett Rippon throwing the football down the field? Well, you know, obviously, like everybody else, I'm not all that familiar with what Rippon's strengths and weaknesses are, but I think there's a couple things. One, I think you tell him you find your tight end. You you develop a, a, a game plan that has a lot of options where your tight end is your number one option. But then, two, I think you've got to get him or really anybody outside the pocket, throw it on the move, um, make give the give him the ability to make plays with his feet because I think as we saw last game and, and it just not going to get any better. Um, I just you know they cannot protect a quarterback that's mm. in the pocket, especially one that doesn't have pocket awareness. And so I think that that's you know in my mind it's kind of you got to develop some some passing plays that give your quarterback either really really easy options and i think Noah Fant presents the easiest of all the options within the offense or you give him give him a chance to to tuck it in tuck it and run because 
you know, I think if you get them out in space and you, you know, at least give give some options with, you know, running the ball as being one of them. I, I you know, I'm not saying running RPO system all game long, but just move that pocket. I, I think if he's sitting in the pocket trying to read his defense, he's a sitting duck, and it's just not going to go well. If you are the Broncos, uh, you know, look, they they tout that they have this great defense. They've got the pass rushers, and it's Vic Fangio and this narrative around the defense that they're supposed to be just this dominant team. I understand that they've dealt with injuries, but they've also dealt with very much a bend-but-don't-break type situation that feels to me like it's starting the splinter. Uh, this is a team that is uh, giving up 26, uh, 26 to Pittsburgh, obviously 30-plus to the Buccaneers uh, against some solid teams on offense. Now, this is a Jets team on offense that is borderline the worst in the league. Is there almost this expectation today that you have to hold the Jets to within 10 points, supposedly touting yourself as this great defense, and this Jets team on offense, that quite frankly, is just really bad? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point the defense has to live up to its reputation or at least come close, and it really hasn't. And I understand about the injuries, but I, I kind of go back to, um, and I, I don't know, you probably weren't even around when this guy was here, but the Broncos had a defensive coordinator named Greg Robinson, and this is back kind of in the, the, the 90s of the Super Bowl era type team. Um, and, and what he used to do was, and he had some really basic, basic defenses. He just didn't, you know, I wouldn't say that he didn't have talent, but he didn't ha- he was a little bit like Vic Fangio in that he had a scheme and whatnot. But what I remember that he did best, and we used to kid around, we'd call him Coach Blitz. He would have the most timely blitzes of, of any coordinator I can remember the Broncos having because he didn't necessarily always have the best personnel. He wasn't always putting pressure on the quarterback with base sets. He just – he would figure out the best time to call the blitz and, and it would be game changing type plays. And that's how that team won. And that's how they were effective. And, and I think if you're Vic Fangio, you have to say, look, in a perfect world, when I've got Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb at a hundred percent and all the cornerbacks that we brought in this year that we like, and they're all healthy and, um, you know, middle linebacker position short, you know, all these things that, if, yeah, if you're covered and you've got everybody on your defense that you want playing and healthy, great, do what you do. But to some extent, a coach has to adjust to the personnel, and that's not just talented or not talented. It's who's healthy and who's not. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's in this case because you're, quote-unquote, down a man or two or three, you have to do something creative to make average players better. And I think that comes with scheme, that comes with surprise, that comes with, um, you know, packages that maybe the opposition hasn't seen on tape. I just think that Vic Fangio has sat back and said, I'm a great defensive coach, and on paper we have a great defensive team. Let's just do what we do until we win games. And that's just what it should be and what it is are, are two really different things right now. Yeah, you know, it's. I don't want to rain on the Broncos parade because, look, uh, I, I think they do have some uh, – they do have lots of talent. Uh, the fact of the matter is that they do have lots of talent on that Denver defense. 
But this is a Denver defense that has yet to really show to me that they can kind of put the ratchet clamps down on a defense and, and literally win the game because of defense. Like, that's, I think, what I was expecting from a Vic Fangio team. And quite frankly, throughout his, well, year and a half now, I, I don't really know if I've seen that enough on a consistent basis. Now, obviously, this is a defense that is going through the motions of learning the scheme and, uh, you know, getting together, gelling. Now, obviously, running into a bunch of turn, uh, a bunch of injuries. But this is a team that, you know, all they preached in the offseason was takeaways. You know, uh, getting to the quarterback. They're 26th in sacks. They're 23rd in takeaways. This is a team that's just simply not making that happen. And then teams are throwing all over them. They're 29th ranked in passing uh, yards per game, at least. So uh, I want to ask you if today does end up being some sort of, you know, scenario where, you know, Denver loses, uh, you know, the defense doesn't look great. They can't score points on offense. And it's just kind of one of those really awful days. Do we start to think about the coaching staff here and saying, do we need to start making changes? I mean, are we hitting the panic button after week four and deciding that maybe some changes do need to happen? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think, and I don't think it's just because you lose to the Jets or just because you're 0-4. But, I mean, our reality is if you're 0-4, you're not coming back. You're not going to the playoffs. I mean, and I think if you, you know, I was the hardest that I've ever been on any coach with Vance Joseph. And I, I think if you're being fair, he, Big Banjo, at least in terms of the results, has not been any better. Um, and so I think you have to look, especially if in your, if your MO in Denver, which it always has been is Super Bowl or bust. I mean, you're not even scratching the playoffs for what is it? Four or five seasons in a row now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you have to start making those, you know, tough calls, but I think, and this is where, you know, it's always a, a touchy subject, especially here in Denver, but at some point you go, who's hiring, these guys and and who's putting the roster together that they're losing with and and it keeps coming back to john elway and i and i like you know i like john elway i think john elway is the ultimate competitor i don't think for a second that he's not trying um or that he takes this job lightly um but i i think it you know people like to say that you know it's a do good business it's not a try good business it's and that's kind of where the Broncos are right now. You know, if you're John Elway, there's a lot of coaches that have been hired since you got, you know, since you parted ways with Gary Kubiak, and you haven't hired any of the good ones. There's a lot of players that have been drafted that have been a lot better than the players you've drafted. And I think at this stage, when you lose this many years in a row, you have to at least say, okay, is bringing in another coach the the fix it might be but you still got to hire the right one and if you're saying well who's going to hire that right one it's the guy that's hired the last two wrong ones and so i think and that's where i think that the ownership situation is is tricky because is joe ellis going to do that i don't know would pat Bowen have done it you better believe he would have he wouldn't have stood for this that long uh, i mean mark kizzle wrote a great column about you know, if it was Pat Bowen's decision, he'd he'd whack his own son if the Broncos weren't good for this sure. long. And yeah. John Elway is like a son to Pat Bowen. And and like I said, I, it's not a personal thing. It's not a 
no, I, I hate John Elway kind of thing. I just think that at some point, sports are about the scoreboard and about the results. And there is just no way of getting around it that the Broncos and John Elway have not been good in the last, you know, three or four seasons. And especially when it comes to major hires. I mean, you know, Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio, two guys that nobody else wanted and they didn't turn out. Well, surprise, surprise. I mean, it's just kind of they're, they're bad hires, you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Vic Fangio is quite there yet, but I don't really see how he's going to turn it around to make us think that he's a great coach. Well, and I'll add to that. I mean, we also talk about the offensive coordinators between Bill Musgrave and Mike McCoy and now uh, Pat Shermer. We talk about the rotation of quarterbacks because the frustrating thing for me is that this looks like 2016-2017 all over again. Now, I understand the injury is an issue, uh, and, and you obviously don't anticipate the starter, but having a plan B when you don't have a, a true defined franchise quarterback I think is really, really important, and maybe that speaks even more to the lack of attention that John Elway put because there were some great backups that were available this year and they settled for a guy named Jeff Driscoll who we all knew coming into this we all knew this guy isn't gonna cut it and unfortunately now they are seeing that result being played out on the field Doug Audible managing editor of Mile High Sports Magazine joining us on the podcast before we get your prediction Doug let's talk about this magazine because uh, we do got a fun little cover on the front and some great stories inside as well too yeah well before I tell you about the magazine I will say this and I'll add to what you just said I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the back of quarterback and not being prepared because and that's not to say that you picked the right guy you picked the wrong guy but you've got a lot of money in cap space and and if you're a fan and you're saying okay well we just made the wrong decision we've tried everything we've exhausted all possibilities that's one scenario but if you're saying hey we made we picked a guy that we all knew wasn't good and he was cheap and you have you know at the time I think I want to say it was close to 27 20 yeah, money left over and yep. payroll that you could have spent and you still have that I mean the Broncos are still one of the highest uh available cap space teams in the NFL I want to say they're seventh or eighth right now without having the list in front of me but that's when you look at a GM or you know whoever is responsible for spending the money and you're saying what are we doing I mean it's one thing to have bad luck and to pick pick the wrong guy but when you leave resources, you know, you leave bullets in the chamber, so to speak. What are you doing? And that's kind of what, what, you know, I think fires people up. But back to the magazine, I, I think it's safe to say that this magazine was the maybe the one of the biggest jinx issues we've ever had at Mile High Sports. <laughs> we had Drew Locke on the cover in the form of uh, Drew slash Buzz Lightyear which was a great concept. Our art director and photographer, Nick Heckman and Randy Perrietti, nailed it. So people love the cover. They absolutely love it. But the uh, the concept or the story on the inside about how Drew Locke is going to be exciting, the offense is going to be exciting, uh, so far hasn't come to fruition. Um, then you've got uh, Vaughn Miller was mentioned on the cover out for the season. Uh, you have... Uh, You've got A.J. Bouye, who was mentioned on the cover, out for the season. And then, you know, we take the safe route and you do some high school football. And, of course, this, you know, as most people know, there wasn't going to be a high school season, at least in the fall. 
So our entire high school football coverage was based on, well, what are these guys going to do when there's no football? So we came up with some pretty interesting stories about kids that had decided to, you know, do other things and start a golf team at their school, you know, all these pretty unique things. And then uh, about two days after the issue came out, hey, guess what? We're having fall football season again. So like I said, if you want to see how Mile High Sports was wrong about every single thing this fall, <laughs> pick up pick up the new issue. It's really pretty to look at. Uh, and the story might uh, give you a chuckle or two. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, worth picking up. It's a great magazine. Of course, uh, monthly. You can check it out at MileHighSports.com as well, too. All right, who wins and why? I think uh, the Jets win. Uh, I think it's something like a 16-13 to 13 win. Um, I think, you know, and someone else mentioned this to me the other day, and I thought it was a pretty good point, but, you know, if if the Jets lose, uh, their coach is getting – obviously there's, there's some bad blood there um, between – that coaching staff in the Denver Broncos and in particularly John Elway. Remember what happened down in Miami when mm-hmm. they ran up the score. I think you could see, I think you see a very desperate jets team and it, and it's all, it's, it could be fueled because of that. Um, I think the Broncos never play well when they go East um, and play on, on that, you know, flight back. Uh, I think they generally don't play that well on, on the Thursday night. I think it's, practically impossible to install a perfect game plan in a short week. It's really impossible to do it on. We don't know who our quarterback is until Tuesday morning. Um, I mean, there's so many things working against the Broncos and as bad as the jets are, I mean, they're favored in this game for a reason. So I, I do look at it as being just an ugly, try not to fall asleep on your couch, 16, 13 kind of loss. All right, very good. Doug, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you, thank you. Of course, can check out his work at MileHighSports.com. I imagine you'll have a, a column out for this game as well, too. Uh, of course, the magazine, be sure to check it out as well. Thank you, Doug. You bet, man. Doug Ottawill joining us on the program. We appreciate his time as always. Of course, on the Broncos Blitz podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook, you can follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio and live-tweet with us tonight as the Broncos and Jets get going. Our final preview of the game. Um, I'm going to give you my official prediction and say that Denver actually wins this game. I, I just think the talent is so starved right now on the Jets football team. I do think this one's a close one. Don't know if Denver uh, scores a ton of points, but I could see them uh, having a bit of a well-balanced offense and and maybe a little bit more of a surprise from Brett Rippon than people are expecting. I'm going to go somewhere in that same range as what Doug was mentioning, somewhere in the 17-14 range, Denver going to win the football game. Uh, I I don't know if home field advantage really means anything when there isn't 50,000 people in the stands, but certainly worth noting that they are traveling to New York and it is that West Coast to East Coast type situation. But I'll chalk me up for Denver to win this football game just barely, but we are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast previewing Broncos Jets. We will be tweeting along with you as we watch it tonight. Of course, you can follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And again, big thank you to our friends over there at DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. All done for the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. A podcast from MileHighSports.com. 
If you want to check out archives of the podcast, previous editions, of course, lots of different things going on with MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.